Wisconsin's Afternoon News is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Pella windows and doors of Wisconsin Mobile Studio in the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone at Summerfest. Here's Sandy Max. Good afternoon. I am Sandy Max in for John Mercure. Mike Spaulding, kind of in for me. And Bob Brainerd in for Greg Matzik on Sports. Debbie Lasga in her tried and true traffic seat. Here. Reporting for duty, ma'am. Yay! Adam Roberts uh, back at the studio producing and John Tyler on site here engineering, making sure all the machinery works the way it should so we can bring you the news and the updates. So let's get into the three and three. Mike, what are the stories we are following today? Let's go with... We have a sounder, right? Is there a sounder here? At three on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. And Adam's, Adam's catching up with us. All right, our top story, Sandy, is one state's gun laws are getting a major shakeup beginning tomorrow. It's Florida, and uh, they are going to begin a permitless carry law that starts tomorrow that means you don't need a concealed weapons license to have a gun in public. Now, there are some restrictions. You can't carry a gun in airports, courts, schools, and open carry is still mostly illegal in Florida. But this is pretty big, and the eligibility requirements to purchase a firearm in that state remain the same. Buyers still have to be 21 years old and be a legal citizen and be a permanent Florida resident. Uh, But this is an interesting change, and the first responders and police departments are wary of it because it says it's going to place a bigger emphasis on interpersonal training and de-escalation techniques because now with more guns and more people not being calm, cool, and collected, it is an added danger. So Florida permitless carry law begins tomorrow, July 1st. What's next, Mike? An actor whose career spans eight decades, or spanned, I should say, eight decades, Sandy, has passed away. You know what a loser is? A real loser is somebody that's so afraid of not winning, they don't even try. Now, you're trying, right? Yeah. Well, then you're not a loser. So you may not know his name, but you certainly know his work. That is Alan Arkin, and you're right. Uh, he won an Oscar for his role in that movie, Little Miss Sunshine, back in 2006. He was in the movie Argo, which got him another Oscar nomination. He's been most recently seen on TV in the Kamins- Kamis- no, I said it right the first time. The Kaminsky Method. Been nominated for back-to-back Emmys for that. Uh, a couple movies that I've enjoyed him in: Catch 22. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and a 19, maybe 60s movie called Wait Until Dark, a very unique thriller where Audrey Hepburn plays a blind woman in her apartment. Uh, but Alan Arkin passing away at age 89, and you know the actor Patton Oswalt? Yes. He tweeted out, did anyone have the range Alan Arkin did? Hilarious, sinister, insane, tragic, no mood he couldn't live in. Rest in peace. And what is next? Number three, now that he's out of the NFL, Sandy J.J. Watt appears to have a the news for you on a uh, Thursday morning. I just got a job at CVS. Ah, yeah, so CVS, not not, not your quite. local drugstore chain. No, <laughs> what he meant to say was CVS. little pro tip out there for anybody starting a new job. Uh, don't screw up the announcement. It's not a good way to start your first day on the job. I will be working at CBS this fall. I'm excited to join CBS Let's have ourselves some fun. Probably more qualified for a CBS gig than maybe a CBS. I don't know. No, could go either way. <laughs> stock and shelves. He was at uh, he was at a grocery store in Pewaukee. All the years, stock and shelves. I've got a yes. prescription I need to fill, Mr. Watt. <laughs> Can you help me out? Yeah. One of our Wisconsin Watt brothers doing good. Uh, JJ's going to make multi millions of dollars on his play by play deal, so you'll be able to hear him. And I just remember how much good he's done with the various charities when he's with the Texans and raised millions of dollars millions. to help people. I mean, Hundreds truly, of millions. Yeah. 
yeah, dollars. to help people in the hurricane there. But, I mean, honestly, the skeptic in me says it's really fun to have him clowning around on Twitter like this. But he left up the CVS. So this is just a really clever stunt, right? Yeah, absolutely. So is it? Well, or is he? Is, it? <laughs> is he too clever to misstep on what he's talking about? Let me ask you this though: hmm. Southeast Wisconsin guy on TV. When you see people like Ernie Johnson and stuff like that on TV, do you feel the need to point it out to the people that you're watching TV with that, like, he's from Wisconsin or he, he's from Milwaukee? I say it about Ernie Johnson every single time. Tony I see Romo him on TV. Also yeah, I always say, hey, Burlington guy. guy, huh? Yeah. Every single time. Do you well, it's a pride point because they're both sharp. Yeah. At what they're doing. Yes. Maybe if they weren't so good at what they're doing, be like, oh, change you're, the you're channel. You're a little bit. And I think, I think J.J. will be sure. He's going to be in studio at CBS, so he's yeah. not going to be do- doing games. And I think that's a great fit for him because the little videos that he does on social media, that's what they're going to ask him. They're not going to really X and O and have him break plays down. They want him to just add that insight and kind of be that little glib person in the studio. I think he'll, be, he'll do very well. I'm Sandy Max. Welcome to Wisconsin's Afternoon News. I'm Sandy in for John McKeer. Mike Spaulding here as the co-anchor. Bob Brainerd in for Greg Matzik on sports. Debbie Lazaga with traffic. And we are here for you to uh, share the stories and sounds of Summerfest. We are on location in the Pella Mobile Studio. And it's not just a whole lot of music happening on 11 stages at Summerfest. There's also special events like charity basketball. Big day of hoops. Yeah. Going on right behind us here at the WTMJ. Uh, Homer and Tony are yapping right next to us. And then beyond that, the sport court area here, just off the lake at Summerfest. Yeah, we've got the four Division One schools, Sandy and Mike, that are going to be going at it. Mono a mano. Marquette, Wisconsin, UW-Milwaukee, UW-Green Bay. Each team has three representatives, and they're going to go at it. Now, they've all raised money for charity. And so the, the top fundraiser gets the number one seed and then gets to play the four seed and then two will play three and then we're going to have a championship match so that's all going to begin at four o'clock we were hoping to have ben bruss with us our teammate over at espn ben was here moments ago and i said ben can you jump on and talk about this and he said i can't bob i gotta get in the zone i I gotta go get ready I, i have to get get focused here so he is taking this matchup especially if it turns into Marquette and Wisconsin for the final he's taking this very seriously and he should because he talked some trash yesterday for my Marquette Golden Eagles so uh, he's repping for the Badgers and uh, can you tell us what the charities are that they're playing for it's the Mac fund is it the boys and girls club and there's another uh, charity hold on that I you, thought caught, was, you caught me off guard. Oh, no, I didn't mean to, but I just it's so much fun when they're raising money for charity to to have this fun way to do it at right. Trash Talk. And then even Steve Novak is throwing in a 1000 bucks of his own money for a threes shooting competition. So which, it's, it's, a, it's a good time down here today. Which he would because Novak, is, of course, is a sharpshooter. You know, Travis Diener will be joining him. And Chloe Marat, Chloe is the X factor. She's the only female in the groups. Of the four teams here, but Chloe's got game. Chloe might be the determining factor if Marquette is going to go past Ben Bruss and those Badgers. And as we always say, if you aren't, if you are paying full price for Summerfest tickets, you're not doing it right because Summerfest has promotions and discounts every single day, including today. There are a lot of college shirts. Uh, if you got here before three o'clock and sported your favorite college shirt uh, or had a high school. Um, identification 
you got in for free. So make sure you check Summerfest.com to find out how you can get in free and make your Summerfest plans. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. It is my thrill to welcome to the show Director of Communications of Experimental Aircraft Association, Dick Napinski, because EAA AirVenture Oshkosh is such a great gathering of aviation enthusiasts. And the campgrounds are open, Dick. The campgrounds opened up this morning, Sandy, and there was a line out there. I know I sent you a photo a little bit earlier that, the, yeah, they were standing out there ready to go when the gates opened up at 7 a.m., but uh, don't worry. We've got plenty of room for everybody come AirVenture time. So uh, these are just the early arrivals. Some are our volunteers, and some uh, just want to get their favorite spots. Do you uh, kind of get treated like the mayor of EAA as you greet returning visitors? <laughs> I don't know if it's a mayor, but uh, some people, I don't think I owe too many of them money, so I think we're okay right now. But it's one of those things. It's great to see everybody coming back. Uh, you know, A lot of them you see every year and pick up your conversation where we left it last July. But it's one of those signs as we get within a month that, you know, okay, it's real now. People are coming to AirVenture and getting ready for the show starting July 24th. So, Dick, when do planes start arriving? If I'm up there, can I start to see the, the skies get a little full yet, or does everyone kind of show up on the same weekend? What's it looking like when the, when the gates open up? I know they're pretty early right now. It is, and mostly it's the campers, the driving units coming right now. Occasionally on the weekend we'll have some volunteers come up and fly their airplane in, but really the Tuesday and Wednesday before AirVenture, you'll start to see the first few airplanes come in, and then that Friday, Saturday, Sunday before, it is, you know, it's the land rush at that point, and so uh, that's when we have thousands of airplanes coming in, uh, parking here at Oshkosh, also in Fond du Lac at Appleton and other airports in the area. Dick, I know we're still about a month away from, from the program actually getting underway, but, you know, we've been dealing with this wildfire smoke from Canada. The East Coast is getting it kind of blown back their way again. Is that something that you've been monitoring? And at this point, is it, not, not to, not to fear monger at all, but have you been keeping a close eye on the skies as we creep closer and closer to this getting underway? Well, we keep, a, like any big, you know, big public event, you keep an eye on the unforeseen. And uh, the smoke certainly has been a factor this year in Wisconsin. We do keep an eye on it. Uh, it's, you know, we're still three-plus weeks away from opening day, so you know, there is a very good opportunity. It won't be here at that time. But we pass along information to pilots to say, okay, here's what's happening. Uh, if you're flying in, here's what you might encounter, things like that. So make your own safe decisions on that. If you're coming into Oshkosh that week, we look at it much as we would a weather event or a weather front or, uh, let's say, a large low-pressure system that might be coming in and putting cloud cover over a certain region. And we have to not only worry about what's happening in Wisconsin, but where is it coming down for all these pilots flying from throughout the country coming our way for that week? And, Dick, I just want to ask you, I know you're coordinating hundreds of aircraft to be on display up close and personal and in the skies at EAA AirVenture Oshkosh. Are there any updates on maybe some military aircraft that have been confirmed? Uh, we do. You know, the aircraft, uh, Air Force Training Command bringing a lot of their aircraft in, F-15s, a big C-17, a V-22 Osprey. But the Army is bringing a number of helicopters as well. Um, the Air Force bringing in even more airplanes. Navy bringing F-35s, uh, Marine Corps bringing aircraft. Uh, the F-35s now in Madison will be making an appearance here with the Wisconsin Air National Guard. So a lot of those airplanes have been confirmed. They'll be coming in at different times during the week, so no matter which day you come up to Air Venture from July 24th through the 30th, yeah, you'll see something special in the air that day and on the ground. 
Director of Communications for EAA, Dick Nepinski. Dick, I say go uh, cruise some of the barbecue grills on the campgrounds and make some more friends. <laughs> That's right. It's almost dinner time. I can find that. All right. Thank you much. Have a great weekend. Thank you very much. And with such a big news day with the Supreme Court kind of doing the holiday weekend decision and dump to sort out some of the legal analysis of these big decisions, we welcome to the show ABC News legal analyst Royal Oaks. How are you, Royal? Hey, my pleasure. Yeah, big uh, couple of days uh, for the Supreme Court. Of course, they always kick the big decisions out the door in late June so they can go on their July vacation. Uh, so basically uh, today, uh, it was uh, bad news for folks who uh, have student loans. Uh, President Biden wanted to forgive about $400 billion uh, that was owed by 43 million borrowers. But the uh, U.S. Supreme Court said uh, by another six to three votes, same vote as in the affirmative action case yesterday, the court said, no, that would be illegal. It's up to Congress to forgive debts. It's not something that the president can do on his own. So, Royal, I know we have a lot of issues to sort through after the past, what, 36 hours or so. But real quick, I want to stay on the issue of student loan debt forgiveness. We heard the president speak, what, now, about 45 minutes ago or so. And he laid out some of his, I guess, plans for helping provide some sort of relief. But if I'm a student who has loan debt after the court's announcement, should I maybe start setting aside a little bit of money in my paycheck to maybe start paying these off? Yeah, I think so, because although the president did say in his comments today that he was going to explore other avenues, there's another statute he might be able to rely on. Who knows if that will work? Maybe there'll be another court fight as to that one. Uh, so as of now, yeah, the money is due and owing. And, of course, the Republican position was uh, was too big, the huge number, $400 billion. And also they argued that it would really be unfair to people who paid their way through college or repaid their loans. Uh, nonetheless, it's always popular uh, to get something, uh, some benefit or something free from the government. So uh, a lot of people are going to be quite upset with this ruling. But uh, the U.S. Supreme Court just said that uh, although the the law, which was enacted after 9-11, and it was designed to give some people relief from government loans, government obligations, uh, the, the court said that although the statute allowed the president to modify or waive the rules, it did not give the president the right to just wholesale cancel the debts. That was the gist of the court's opinion. And Royal, that was a 6-3 decision about the student loan debt. In another 6-3 decision today, it was the court ruling for an event, excuse me, evangelical Christian website designer in a case involving whether creative businesses can actually refuse to serve LGBTQ plus customers, citing First Amendment free speech rights. And can you explain that decision? Yeah, and it may seem like a deja vu all over again, to quote Yogi Berra, because you remember several years ago, there was another Colorado person uh, who did not want to bake cakes for mm -hmm. a same-sex wedding, and that person won before the Supreme Court. Well, the court took up a, a similar case. This was involving a woman who was a website designer. She's a Christian who objects to same-sex marriage, and so she said, I just don't want to do it, but Colorado is a statute that says if you're open to the public, uh, you can't discriminate based on sexual preference. That's how the case got filed and worked its way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. And basically, as you suggest, the court found that it would be compelling that woman to speak. It would be depriving her of her right of free speech uh, to force her to have an expressive, artistic uh, effort in connection with same-sex marriage. And as a result, uh, she was the big winner in that other case before the court today. 
Royal did it. Was it a surprise to you at all? I guess I should ask it this way. Was it a surprise at all that they ruled on free speech rights? I, I don't know. I just when I was looking over this case and kind of reviewing some notes, it just kind of I don't know struck me as is different. Is a I don't, I don't know what they would otherwise have the precedence to to rule on, but the the free speech kind of I don't know had me shaking my head a little bit. Yeah, well, you're not alone, because a lot of people look at these cases, the the one about the wedding cake and now the wedding website designer, a lot of people say, well, maybe it's a religious issue, uh, because some people have a religious objection to same-sex marriage, but is it really a speech issue? And in this case, the litigants chose to go after the speech angle, and the Supreme Court was receptive. So it really wasn't a religious issue in this particular case. Instead, the justices just felt that it would be forcing somebody to speak in a way by engaging and doing business with folks who were engaged in a same-sex marriage. So it may sound a little strange, but that was the issue the Supreme Court took up and decided in favor of uh, the website designer. Well, I know that they're going to be taking their, what, July vacations here coming up, but when the Supreme Court reconvenes in the fall, they're going to have some other major decisions. I know one of them has to do with gun rights. Can you walk us through that one a little bit? What can people expect uh, when they arrive back in the fall? Yeah, we just got the word from the Supreme Court today that uh, one of the big decisions that they are going to take up in the fall is a gun rights case, specifically whether gun restrictions for people subjected to domestic violence orders are constitutional under the Second Amendment. Now, a lot of people would say, well, this is a no-brainer. Of course, somebody who's uh, involved in domestic violence, that's the classic kind of person you wouldn't want to have a gun. Other people say, well, not so fast. Uh, the Second Amendment is, is a very strong statement in favor of the right to own guns. And as a result, uh, we're going to get a decision uh, out of the Supreme Court probably uh, by uh, the first of the year as to whether or not people who are subject to domestic violence orders are prohibited from owning guns. ABC News legal analyst Royal Oaks, always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you for making these very big, important national issues more easy to understand. You bet. Thanks.